It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but be done in under five minutes. And they last just for one week. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join right now for week 13. And the best part is you get to play for cold, hard cash. And get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites, on all the DFS sites. Because you're always trying to figure out, okay, where should I start this guy, the value, and I don't have enough money to do all that stuff. It doesn't happen on draft you get a selection of every premium player you just got to be the smartest one in the room it's a six player snake draft so you get in you get out tournaments start from one dollar to a thousand dollars to everything in between three person drafts six person drafts on and on the options are limitless and all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit all you have to use is promo code bgnr that's right play a real money game for free just by using promo code bgnr and it gets even better draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering bgn radio listeners a money-back guarantee up to a hundred dollars no excuses now just search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code bgnr this squad next level bgn radio let's go 
welcome to the next level. The Crim de la Crim, Saran Davenport, Barrett Brooks, linked with BGN. Next level boys breaking down the game of the podcast, out, but they not the same. TD the fly one, keep the suits and the wingtips. Honest opinions from the Gibsons to the Winces. I'm left-handed, Barrett Brooks got my blind side. Super Bowl winner, see the game from a champ size. Route concepts down, the techniques in the trenches. You want to learn football and tune in and listen. BGN Radio, Next Level Podcast. You thinking about discussing the Eagles? Better stop that. From senior bowl workouts to the draft, down to training camp. Breakdowns are all 22. They the best at that. Special insights, giving sight to the blind. So sit down, push play, and when they done, rewind. Next Level. Here we go, another week, another Eagles win. You know where you are. You're on the Next Level Podcast. We are going up the steps, the stairway to heaven, the stairway to the up. (laughs) Yes, sir, I'm Teron Davenport here with my co-host Barrett Brooks. You. Produced by the great Vince Quinn. (laughs) It is 10-1. This Eagles team is on a roll. The the best, the longest win streak in the league. A complete unit. So let's just take a look back at the Bears game, what they were able to do against Chicago. I mean, it's really what weren't they able to do besides secure the football. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. <laughs> no but question. just the complete effort. Uh, I guess we'll start off with the defense and looking at the way they shut down that running game. Man, I mean, what 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 can you say about what they were able to do there? Penetration kills run plays. That's that's the bottom line. Penetration kills run plays, and it and it and it forces quarterbacks to make reads that they don't necessarily want to make at that time. And that's the biggest thing. This defensive line is so aggressive and gets up the field. They reestablish another line of scrimmage, three yards in back of the line of scrimmage that you originally started with, and that's what makes this defense so good. These guys can get off the ball create that explosiveness at the point of the attack, and then continue on. And it really puts the offensive line in a, in, a, in a bad predicament because now you've got penetration. Now you're throwing off the running lanes. You get up the field so fast that on pass plays, you know, you're in the, you know, in the quarterback's face. This defensive line is really taking this defense to another level, and because of that, the back end is playing very, very well. Yeah, and, and for the defense, Jim Schwartz talked about it on Tuesday – and the guys have talked about it over and over again. Their goal coming out is to make a team one-dimensional. This is a game they didn't have to do that. You know, you have a quarterback who's just, I mean, let's face it, he's Already not one-dimensional. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and their best thing is running the football. And I'm glad you mentioned the guys up front because, for me, going into that game, I wanted to see how Tim Jernigan as well as Fletcher Cox were going to be able to get that instant pen- penetration and disrupt a lot of these plays. And they did just that. When you have the running back Jordan Howard taking the football and his vision is is, is not there because you got a defensive tackle in the backfield with him or redirecting him. I mean, that takes away from some of the things they like to do as far as that zone scheme and and, and the stretch plays. They weren't able to do it. And even when they wanted to to go – a little bit like change of pace and get Tariq Cohen, who is a really good player in his own right. They couldn't get him going. They could do nothing, really. I mean, that pretty much was the bottom line. Yeah, you know, and looking at how they 
constructed their defense. That's exactly what Schwartz wanted to do. His ultimate goal when he was here and he started last year was trying to get guys to rush the passer. Just then, Connor Barwin just wasn't that that type of guy that could fit the bill. And also, you know, at that point, Vinny Curry wasn't playing up to expectations. Well, now Vinny Curry has arrived. Yes. He is here. He's making an impact. Even on the pass play, you know, he didn't have the sack totals that these guys have. He is still putting himself in a position where he is really, really uh, stopping the run. You know, he he, he holds the edge just as far as any, good as any um, defensive end in the league. And that penetration that he's getting up the field is really putting – Offense is in a bad predicament because now you have to either bow out a run or you just completely stop the run from going that way from his uh, his presence being there. And, you know, of course, on the other side, you're going to get 100 miles an hour with Brandon Graham. Mm. But, you know, just looking at those two guys in the middle, when you're built the way they're built with those two guys, I mean, Timmy Jernigan and Fletcher Cox, now you got a guy that – that, that compliments Fletcher so well. Pick your poison. All right, you want to double team Cox, keep him from making a you know, making a play. Now you got Timmy Jernigan getting the same type of penetration, the same explosiveness explosiveness at the point of attack. And also finishing plays and, and all these tackle for loss. They're starting to rack up now. Everybody's yeah. starting to rack up now. Yeah. And that's because of the penetration that they're having on these run plays. Quiet as kept, Jernigan leads the team in tackles for loss. I can so, believe it. I can believe I, it. It's just what he's able to do up front. It is so good having seen him firsthand in that Ravens two gap and scheme, and then seeing him here in this. It's it's World just like you're seeing a Corvette being driven on a flat road right. <laughs> instead of the the back roads that a Jeep needs to be driven on. Exactly, so they are using him correctly. It was a really good job of them to see this guy's skill set and, and forecast him into their scheme. You have to give. Roseman and especially Joe Douglas, they get a shout yeah, out. That was for his that. guy, right? Yeah, exactly. That was his guy exactly. coming from um, coming from Baltimore. That was his guy, and and you know it was really um was really crazy about talking about. You know, I, I interviewed uh, Tim Jernigan last night. You know, and, you know, on the players' lounge for uh, ninety four WIP. Oh, he came with Fletch. Yeah, he was. He was. Huh. You know, he came instead of Fletch. And watching him and 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 talking to him, his demeanor, man, he you know you couldn't meet a nicer guy. Yeah, you know. But then you know you look what he does on the field; he just wreaks havoc. But he said at Florida State and in Baltimore, he was a two gap guy. Yeah, yeah. Even at Florida State, Mm -hmm. and they saw that he was more of a penetrator because he's too small to play in the nose. You got to be three hundred pounds or more to play the nose, and he's not a big guy, man. He's he's about maybe two seventy five, two eighty. Mm-hmm. Playing the nose, man, you and you're asked to, you know, virtually two gap and keep guys off them linebackers. That was too much for him. Now you got him in a position where he can use that explosive nature, get up the field, penetrate, and only be responsible for one gap. That's that's just that's that's crazy that you know you put him in a position from two gaps to one gap and watch him flourish and get up the field and create penetration. He is a much better player now. Yeah, and one of the things that he talked about initially was erasing that mindset of playing at the line of scrimmage instead of behind the line of scrimmage. And that's why he struggled initially. Oh, you I know t- what he said? Well, you know, my fault cutting you off, bro. But I had to say this. He said that when he said he first got here, he has to have that mindset. And when he would jump the gap, get up the field, he'd be looking around like uh, like he was in trouble. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, I wasn't supposed to do that. But then the coach was like, yeah, yeah, that's what we want right there. Yeah, do that right there. Do that right there. He was like, you want me to do that? He was still in the mindset that he they didn't want him to do that, that he wanted him to slow down. No, bro, get up the field, make wreak, wreak havoc, yep. make it happen. Yeah, and that's, you know, at Baltimore, he, he played a lot of three-tech, and you had uh, 
uh, uh, Brandon Williams playing the, the nose, and they switched off and on. He kind of knew his end was coming when they drafted Carl Davis out of Iowa, and then they, they signed Pierce, the, the undrafted free agent, and, hey, you know, their loss, the Eagles gain. But he's not the only part of the defense that flourished. You know, Nigel Bradham, again, Michael Kendricks, I was really impressed with, with how they were able to you know come up and, and fill those gaps aggressively the way they did. Oh, I talked man. to Bradham after the game about it because a lot of times what you would see is those tackle traps. You would see those guard traps, but they weren't trapping the, the defensive tackle. They were trapping the linebacker. Right. <laughs> and there was a run against the Saints where they blew the linebacker. I'm talking about like blew him out. It was like an ex- they blew him out of the screen. And that's how Mark Ingram had a 50 – or, excuse me, uh, Jordan Howard had a 50-yard run. So uh, Bradham was just talking about how, all right, look, man, I'm going to go downhill and I have to know, okay, if somebody's there, I got to blow him up and not let me blow him up. So it was one of those sacrificial kind of things. And it was actually the reverse of what you see in Baltimore and those those – uh, two gapping up front guys because yeah. you know they're sacrificing for the linebackers in the reverse and linebacker was sacrificing. No so question. I thought that was something that was pretty interesting. The game within the game. That's the next level stuff we bring to you folks. But at the same time, you look at that secondary. Malcolm Jenkins continues to play well. Corey Graham came up with a pick. You you had uh, Jalen Mills and I, I, something that no one is talking about that we need to address. He's not getting targeted like that anymore. No. Teams are not going at Jalen Mills as much. The first four games, he was the most highly targeted corner in the in the uh, NFL. Now, they're not targeting him anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, his technique has become so sound. His film development, you can tell, has become so sound that you don't want to. The guy's not open, so he's not being tried anymore. He understands how to play with that hip and, 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 and from the inside out and look back for the ball and, you know, play aggressive at the line of scrimmage, understanding where his health is. You know, those are all things that he's learned and he's applying to his game. And he's, he's definitely flourishing at this point, you know. So you're right, man. I mean, we're not talking about we need to talk about this kid more. Yeah, I mean, he's playing really good football. And when teams do try him, they're starting to pay. And even against the run, you got Darby, who's not a big – you know, Darby reminds me, he's kind of like a, just the way he's squatty and, and, and how quick he is the way he plays. Like he, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I love his aggressiveness. of All the defensive backs, you know, their aggressiveness against the, the run, you know, their willingness to tackle, their ability to – to keep everything in front of him. You know, a, a receiver catches a hitch, he's going down. You're not getting those those broken tackles leading into long runs. And that's something we talked about after Dallas, but it just continued to uh, show itself last week against the Bears. And, I, I mean, that defense as a whole, they are very sound. I remember everybody said, oh, well, you know, they're hitting too much during training camp. Well, folks, this is what the hitting does for you. Nothing is going to make you a better tackler than actually tackling. No question. I mean, it's it's basic uh, common sense, which in some cases is not always that common. But, I mean, that's that's how I look at it. That's why this defense is playing so well. How do you expect to tackle without tackling? How do you expect to be physical without being physical? That's why uh, the, the 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 notion that Chip had that you can go out there and practice and not be physical it's just it just can't happen. You have to go out there, and if you're going to be a dominant physical team, you have to go out there and be a dominant physical team, not just in the game time, but practice time. That's how you learn. That's how you get. You know, th- those are learned characteristics. Right. Those aren't things you can just. All right, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tough when I get to uh, when I get to the game. No, if you're not tough in practice, it's not. 
not going to apply to the game. All that stuff you do in practice applies to the game. The the the, the reads you get apply to the game. That's why this team has become so successful. The ones get such a good read from the twos. That's because the twos play just about just as much as the ones do uh, on on the defensive line, and vice versa. All of these guys are playing. Look at Big V. Big V is playing so well right now. He got toasted a little bit this game. This is probably his worst game. This game is the Bears. He lets so many people inside on him. But the reason he's played so well because he was playing against the difference. He was playing against Fletcher Cox, all the ones when he was a number two. So he understood that, hey, nobody's better than Fletcher Cox. There's nobody better than Brandon Graham. Let me get my work out of these guys. If I get my work out of these guys, then it's going to transfer when he did get the opportunity. I played against the best in the league. So if I can play against the best in the league in practice, you know, nobody has anything coming when I get in the game type situation. And that's what's going on. Um, you know, you, you look at Jalen Mills. Mills feels as though, okay, then I know I'm going to be playing against bigger receivers. So – there's nobody bigger than the receivers we have on this team. An Alshon, you know, that he's going to have to go out there and compete with every single play. And the same thing going with Alshon. Alshon figures, all right, you're not going to find anybody faster than than than, than Darwin. Yeah, so, and I mean, that's that's the way it works. Darby's fast, yeah, exactly. So and, Darby's and, quick. And then along with that, you have the competition at each position that is making everything stronger, too. Uh, on the offensive side of things, just to, to run through that real quick, I mean, another solid week from Brandon Brooks, from, from Lane Johnson. This is something that's just becoming a, a, a broken record. We're, we're going to keep saying that pretty much every week. I do like the matchup that Lane is going to have uh, this week against – Michael Bennett, I think that's going to be interesting. And Frank Another Clark. key matchup. Yeah, yep. and they, they move those guys around, so we'll get into that. Um, the running back-wise, I, I think they did a good job for the most part. They put Besides up all 176. Damn fumbling. Cannot, cannot, cannot put the ball on the ground. And uh, they were trying to get 100 yards. <laughs> and that last carry, you had the fumble. Jay Ajayi's fumble. You know, I, I wanted to ask you, because you were in the room, when it happened, um, Ray Dittinger, his his comments, I thought it was kind of interesting. He made such a quick, violent judgment off of what Ajay said. I'm not so sure I agree with it, but what is excuse me? What is your take on uh, his his comments about Ajay? Shut well, up and run the ball. Yeah, he, he just felt as though you know he didn't want anybody to, to fluster what's going on in that in that meeting room in that locker room. You know, he, he wants everything to be status quo. And, and Ray was like, all right, you know, you, 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 you've you been blessed to come into a great situation halfway through the season where you're on a team that's only going upwards. They're 10-1 right now. Don't you come in and try to, to, to mess up this, this homogeneous, you know, situation we have right now. Everything's flowing well. Everything's right. You know, that, you know, we're, we're, we're not worried about, you know, who's getting what reps or reps, who's getting these reps over here. It's more so, okay, then how can you go in and, and apply what you do to this game plan? Not, well, I'm not getting enough of the game plan. How they use you is more important as a, in a team concept than you getting yours. And he didn't want that to happen. I think he jumped, you know, he jumped the gun and was like, hey, you know, go out there and play and be quiet and, 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 and do your job. I saw it as this. I was like, well, I think he was more frustrated with yes. the fact that he fumbled, number one. Number two, he didn't score. And number three, everybody's talking about this, and, and he's tired of it. Yeah, that's, I, I got. that's exactly what I got from it. Knowing that his opportunities are limited, 
right? Right, exactly. The opportunity that he got, his best play, because let's face it, before that he had negative yards. Right. The guy ended with five carries for 26 yards, right? That run was 30 yards. So the one time that he really got to take advantage of the opportunity, he blew it by fumbling and getting caught from behind. So that's what he was frustrated. I, I just I, I found it interesting that we rushed to that judgment and, and just instantly said, okay, well, he can't be mad because of his performance. He has to be mad because he didn't get enough carries. Even though when he came here, Deuce told him, Frank Wright told him, Doug Peterson told him, you're a part of a committee. This is what it, it's not like it's a surprise, right? So I I, I don't know. I, I mean, Ray Dinger does a great job uh, with whatever. Yeah, that's my man. That's my man. I just I didn't agree with that. I wanted right. to get your take because you were there in the room with him. Yeah, and, 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 said and I think that you know the same thing was 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 said by you know by others on the panel also. And you know, shit, Ray's a. He's a Hall of Famer. He right. can say what he want to say. Oh, if yeah, that's what yeah. he perceived, he's going to say what he perceived. And he's going to stick with what he perceived, too. That's what he saw. That's what he heard. That's the demeanor that he saw. And when he's not just going by what he was saying. He's going by the demeanor in which he said it. That's what he read. That's what he saw. Mm, the body language. The, exactly. Yeah, yeah. His demeanor was as such that, all right, I'm, I'm pissed off because I didn't get enough carries. And, and, and that's, what he, that's, what he, that's what Ray said. So he ain't backing down from what he said. He didn't care nothing. He ain't on social media. He don't care about him putting no clowns up in in, 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 in Instagram or nothing like that. He don't care nothing about that. He don't yeah. care nothing about that. Ray, yeah. Ray is like, okay, then. Well, that's what I felt. That's what it is, period. Rightfully so. You should stick to your opinion. Yep. But there was positive out of the game. I mean, they, they did win 31-3. to Alshon Jeffrey had a really good – uh, opportunity. I, I really like the way he hung in the air. He told me he missed time that that throw, that jump. In yeah, the zone. jump. Yeah. yeah, he mistimed it, but uh, he still was able to hang in the air. And, and that's why he's he he'll be a b-ball player, man. Yeah, oh, yeah for sure. Yeah, he'll be ball sure. player. He could have went. You know, he probably could have went pro in both. Yeah, they, they said he was a hooper uh, yeah. in South Carolina. You know, yeah, they so. said he could play. You know, college or or he could play at the college level, probably in the NBA level, but. Uh, he said he just liked football a little better than he liked basketball. He said just a little bit. He said he was splitting hairs as far as his love for both sports. Mm-hmm. And then just, I mean, in addition to the touchdown, he had a nice block. You know, Aguilar was able to catch the ball in space and, and get that score. So a really good effort by by the offense, by the team overall. Uh, definitely impressed with what they were able to do. Jason Peters was on the sideline, and, and like they were saying on Twitter, uh, <laughs> Jake Elliott didn't miss an extra point. No question. Field goal. In fact, I'm gonna tell you the truth, man. I, I, I think it might be time for for Jake to go sit down somewhere, man. I mean, I might yeah. be on the bandwagon. I want Sturgis there. Sturgis, let's get Sturgis to come in, man. Uh, I get that from the girl. Girls calls him Sturgis, but um, Sturgis, man. He, you know, he's 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 battle tested. He's proven. And at yeah. this point, I don't really want a, a rookie doing it. You know, unless he becomes more consistent. I can't have you know. I can't be thinking the fact that he might go out there and miss a PAT. Points are, are starting to get very few and far between going into this playoff run. See, there's there's different levels in which you know different seasons that you go into the NFL. You got the preseason. That's one one time. Then you go uh, four more games into the regular season. That's one fourth of the season. Then you get to the halfway mark of the season. Now things start to get a little tighter in the aspect that, okay, then we've got to focus in on now because we've we gained our identity in the first eight games. Mm-hmm. 
Now we're going to go in, are we going to make this push? Then you go to the, 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 the next four games is where you start jockeying. You know, all right, you know, are we there? Are we there yet? But then once you get into that fourth quarter, that's when you're like, all right, we got to turn it up. It's time to go out there and stop playing with guys, finish guys, get our legs up underneath us, realize what we do will, well, and, 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 and start accomplishing this you know, as we go on. Because now we're going into a season where we're going to see where we're going to be put in as far as slated to go into the playoffs. What position are we going to be in? Are we going to be home for, for, um, for, for you know, the playoffs? Are we going to be at home? Are we going to go in and, you know, and, 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 and win, a, win the whole NFC? And get a bye week. Um, are we going to be playing the number six seed? Are we going to be playing the number three seed? You know, four seed. That's all being played for right now. Exactly. So that means it's, it's time to put up a shut up. And all of that is important because where they're going this week is not a place that you want to go in January. Exactly. At this point right now, I know it's an inexperienced team, and they're new to the city. Once again, new to the city because they obviously were there with Eric Dickerson and Flipper and all those guys. But the Rams, I don't know that I would, if I were the Eagles, I don't know that I would want to go there. And I for sure would not want to go to the Superdome. And I, I, I say that because everybody talks about Arrowhead. They talk about CenturyLink in Seattle. I've been to all three. The Superdome is the loudest stadium I've ever been in. Wow, I, I, that's it, it's a dome, so the so the noise stays inside. It's the loudest stadium I've been in, and I was there for uh, Kaepernick's first uh, road start against the Saints, and and it was loud in there, man. So I mean, that's just my thoughts mine on was, uh, on where you go to play. Yeah, mine's with that old Viking Stadium, man. Oh, the that, Metrodome. Oh, the Metrodome was ridiculous because they used say, to pump they used to pump that extra sound in yeah, there too. Yeah, and in the beginning, yeah. when it was like. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> and the dude's playing the thing, yeah. and it, he comes riding out in the bike. I would say, yo, this Bruh, is you crazy. You can hear yourself think, man. They're not, you know, back in the days, they had real players then. You know, <laughs> they had some really, really good Chris Dome. That's what I'm about to there. say. Did you, you had to uh, see Chris you know, Dome? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, you what know. about Keith Millar? You have to see him? I saw him, too. I yeah. saw him, too. I saw, I saw Mr. Mr. Randall. You know what I'm mm. saying? Randall was that dude. Cranking bro. it up. <laughs> Plus, he was a little sick. He was a little, you know. He was a little touched too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Too. You hear me making the noises? Yeah. He used to do that. John the game. Randall was that guy. Yeah. So Randall was definitely a guy that you know I, I had many a battles with, man. Mm. So I won some. He won some. You know, it, it was it's definitely a battle. How about it? So, all right, we talked about Chicago at nauseum. I mean, Seattle was is a, a week that it, this is a big time test for this team, right? Uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, you had a good article about Russell Wilson and containing him in the pocket and how important that is. Also being able to push that pocket back on the inside with, with Jernigan and Cox, that's definitely important. And when you look at just the way that they're able to work, that's, if he could get outside of that contain, I, and I, I said it on, on uh, um, PST uh, yesterday, I, I said it just, I don't know that there's many duos at the, better at the QB scramble drill than Doug Baldwin and, and Russell Wilson. I mean, so many times you see him scrambling and, and, and just somehow finding a, a place to throw, and you just he chucks it up in the air. And Doug Baldwin, angry Doug Baldwin, goes up and grabs it. And it's a thirty-yard gain, and the defense is pissed off. Yeah, they they run that to perfection. You know, after they run their route, whether it's a quick slant or running a nine route or running a, a, a deep end or you know going across the field on a, a shallow drag. They always find a way to turn around and, and go into that scramble drill because the offensive line sucks. 
and work their way back to the ball. I mean, they all these guys do it well. Tyler Lockett does it well also. Mm-hmm. They work their way back to the ball, you know, to, to, to help him out. And, you know, this is something that's almost like become second nature to him. It's almost like an offensive play. Scramble drills become an offensive play for yeah. him. They make sure they get him out. And that's what you have to you have to keep him contained. Like when your defensive ends rush him, you cannot allow Wilson to step up. You have to press the pocket from the inside on the outside. And when your pass rushers are rushing, you got to stop at the level that the quarterback is at. So if the left, the quarterback drops back five yards, the defensive hands have to rush to the five yards where he's at and then start pressing the tackles into him so you don't create those running lanes in between and the mm-hmm. C-gaps in between there. And then it's up to Fletcher and Jernigan then to press the pocket and press it back so he doesn't have the ability to step up. That's how you keep him contained. If you make him pass behind that big offensive line, he's a smaller guy, a shorter guy. He might not be able to see it. He might not see the. Um, he might not have any passing lanes. So that's what you have to do. You have to contain him in your rush. And the only way you can do that is if these guys rush smartly. And, and you mentioned – pressing the, the pocket from the interior. And that's important also because when you keep them inside of that pocket, you talk about how these guys, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, a very big offensive line, a lot of quarterbacks in the pocket. You look at Drew Brees, you know, who's a shorter guy. Yep. E- even Chase Daniel, when, when he played, I talked to him about that when he was here, being able to find those rushing lanes, right? So you can do the subtle movements within the pocket, or excuse me, the passing lane, to find the passing lane. But when you're pushing it back, from the inside, you're restricting everywhere that he has to move. So that's an excellent point. Uh, just looking at some of the guys also on the roster, Paul Richardson is a guy I remember coming out of Colorado. Um, was injured a lot, but a lot of speed with him. And he's yeah. someone they like to get those in-breaking routes and let him catch it and, and get upfield. He does a good job of as soon as he catches the ball, taking that step upfield and, and doing what he does, getting yards after the catch. Have to mention Jimmy Graham. I mean – that's a matchup nightmare. I, I, I know Malcolm Jenkins does a really good job of covering tight ends, but this is going to be the issue for them. He's got seven, I think, seven touchdowns on the year, and uh, he had a big play against them last year. It's tough going against that six six power forward running those seam <laughs> right. routes and, and, and the corner routes and doing what he does. Yeah, you know, and, and that's what I, I, I think that – that's going to be a key matchup, you know, him and Malcolm Jenkins, you know. And, and I think Malcolm, is, his, he's got a chip on his shoulder in the way he's playing right now. He's not playing with anybody. He is really going out there and bullying people, uh, you know, that, that, that are around him. I mean, I, I'm loving the way my dog is playing. You know, that's my frat brother, you know, Q-Sci-Fi. <laughs> you know, he has been deboing people, uh, you know, from, from the safety position, coming downhill on run plays, you know, knocking guys out pass plays, making sure he's covering guys, you know, like he's still a corner. He's probably playing a, a very complete game, a very complete season, you know, thus far. I'm liking what he's going on, what he has going on right now. Yeah, he's playing solid football. Uh, when you flip it to the other side, and just before we do, you talk about a team being one-dimensional. I think Seattle has become a one-dimensional team, especially since they lost Marshawn, but you got C.J. Procise who's been hurt, you know, so many guys, and they tried to fill a hole with Eddie Lacy, who I, I saw them last week against the 49ers. They were able to get him downhill somewhat 
didn't find a lot of success, but still, you know, there were some runs where he was able to get some tough yardage. But for the most part, this team is a one-dimensional team. They're a passing team. So no, they're a, they're a they're a Wilson team. Yeah, not even passing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> Russell Wilson is their off. Leads them in rushing and obviously four hundred one yards. I mean, he has he has twenty. He's thrown twenty three touchdowns. He's ran for twenty. I mean, he's ran for three touchdowns. Thrown for twenty three touchdowns. He's accounted for 80% of their offense, over 80% of their offense. 3,000 yards passing. Ridiculous. Only eight interceptions. And uh, I think he's underrated when you're talking about this MVP thing. His name should be in the mix also. No question. With all that he's done. So looking at the defense, and one of the reasons why so much is pressed upon Russell Wilson is because of these injuries on the defense. You got Cam Chancellor's done. You got uh, Richard Sherman's out. Uh, They've – Byron Maxwell is back there now. That's a, that's uh, an injury there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, you look uh, uh, just starting up front. Michael Bennett, Frank Clark. We talked about how they're going to rotate them. I think Bennett is is one of those. He's a lot like Brandon Graham, except for he gets higher sack totals. But he's uh, just a disruptive player and a high motor. Comes off the crashes down and makes plays against the run. No question, he's definitely a force, man. But another guy we, you know, we need to be talking about since he's left the Jets. I think he has a rejuvenation on how he's playing now. Understanding he can't be the man all the time. We're talking about, you know, uh, Sheldon Richardson. You know, yes. coming out of Mizzou, I thought he was one of the best players to come out as far as defense line out of there. And that's saying and, something. Yeah, no all question. Guys you know? out of there. So. You know, he. I think he's got his life together. He's straight now. You know, he's he's going out and doing what he's supposed to do, and he's playing at a high level. You have to account for him when you're going through your number count on which, who you're going to block and uh, who you're going to double team. So, you know, defensively, they're strong, man. I think, you know, one of the best linebackers, if not the best impact linebacker uh, in the league. I mean, you know, everybody talks about, you know, Luke Keekley. I don't think Luke Keekley has impact plays like, like Bobby Wagner. Wags at this point has impact tackles. When I say an impact tackle, that's a tackle behind or three yards down uh, the line of scrimmage. He leads probably every statistical category in that. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, I, I, I big ups for, you know, Luke Keekley, but he makes tackles 10 yards down the field. Wags is there, like, you know, at the line of scrimmage or Man, behind the line yeah, of scrimmage. Yeah. He's an impact player, man. He didn't get enough uh, for how good he is. Yeah, and when when I look at Wagner, the thing I like about him is he has the superior athleticism to match the instincts. See, with Keekley, it's all instincts, right? Right, right, That's how he he flows to the football because he knows where it's going, and that's why he gets there a little bit later. But whereas Wagner, he not only knows where it's going, he has the Jets to go. And get it. Get it, and and that's something that you have to mention. So that's my matchup number two. That's my matchup number two. What, uh, Wagner Wagner and Kelsey, yes. Nice, nice. Two athletic. That's going to be a good matchup. Two athletic guys going at it. I I like that matchup. I like that. And then even uh, Michael Wilhoy is an average player. I remember him with the 49ers. K.J. Wright is another one I wanted to mention because he has that size and quickness combination. He's another one. That gets to the ball. These Unsung guys, hero, yeah, yeah, and they they play the screen perfectly. Yep, they play. You can't run the ball outside on these guys either. Stretch plays and those type of things because they just they're able to to close on on, on stuff. And even you know that outside zone that that you know you'll, you'll see the Eagles run every once in a while. This is a team that has they maintain gap integrity. So it's a lot harder to run that outside zone against them. You mentioned Sheldon Richardson. You see him crashing inside just like you see 
Cox and, and, and Jernigan doing exactly. and, and disrupting plays. Yep. So definitely a reason why they're the number nine uh, rush, rush defense in the league. And just to move on to the secondary because you have to include Earl Thomas in that rush defense also. Because mm. this dude will he sells out, man. Yeah, he does. He will come up to the line of scrimmage, and it's going to be funny watching Legarrette Blunt get to the second level, and, and, and if no one tackles him, seeing those one on ones against Ooh. Earl Thomas, you know, but he Earl Thomas to put his head get, in there. He, he's not afraid. So, yep. I think this team is still solid defensively. They're obviously not the same as they were. I still think the Eagles could score on them, and I think even so also. on the road because last year they they, I mean they could have done a lot more on minus a, a penalty that took away a touchdown, a couple drops. It, it took away from the offense. This year you're not going to have those things. I think this Eagles team could go into Seattle and beat them. I'm going to go with the Eagles on the road in Seattle. They are six point favorites. The first time. The team has been favored in Seattle since 2012. The New England Patriots were the last team favored. I don't know if the Eagles cover the spread, but I'm going to go Eagles 24, Seahawks 21. I'm going to go a little little farther there. I'm going to say 24, but I'm going to say 24-14 Eagles win. I think that they're too complete of an offense. They're going to run the ball on the Seattle team. When they start running the ball, it's going to really take away from their demeanor on what they are defensively. When you start smacking guy in the face and running a rock on them, it tends to take a little bit on them. Once they start looking around like who's doing this and, 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 and whatnot, that's when they'll take control of the game. Then they'll be able to do what they want to do. So Eagles win 24-14 just by going in and running the ball and playing smash mouth football. Running the ball is key, especially on the road, a loud stadium like that. So that's the show, folks. We appreciate you tuning in. This is the Next Level Podcast. You get to the next level when you tune in. I mean, that's really the the simple thing. We'll we appreciate you tuning in every week. Send we'll us, break it down. Send us our clippers now. Come on now. We got to have it, man, because, you know, we break down this film. I love to break down this film. I want to show you how this must rush or how they can rush the passer and, you know, keep, keep uh, you know, Wilson inside the pocket. Just send it to us. Let us know what's going on. You can get in touch with me at bbrooks72, NBCS. And me, at T. Davenport underscore NFL. That's the show, folks. We are out of here. See you next week. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda Diana Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Donetto. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Locus, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost a child, clips from play when they hear Belial. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep dead. You read the sheep or shed, be scared and cut to pieces. I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober. Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order. Head nods and cat calls, cuz it's pops in order. Yeah, I'm stuntin' all the world is my stage show. Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m. Just that fly shit, type you never seen again. No meats, no leather, I'm just pimpin' a pin. We live that life that you're wishing against. More money, more power, more women and shit. It's me and now motherfucker. Who you think this is? Gia, Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m.